It's game day, and this is the home of Scottish football. It's Clyde One Super Scoreboard. Good afternoon and welcome to Clyde One Super Scoreboard A Lanarkshire derby tops the bill on an action-packed Saturday in the top flight Kilmarnock and Aberdeen may not be far behind as both look to kick on in the league And then tomorrow Rangers off to St Mirren Celtic welcoming Hearts after their European exertions I'm Gordon Duncan, joining me in the studio Alex Ray, Mark Wilson and Hugh Keevans A home win for Ross County against Livy today And they would leapfrog Celtic and Rangers and go top of the table Alec, they could only throw away the title after that a home defeat for Kilmarnock against Aberdeen And it would be no points from nine A tightrope walk for Angelo Alessio this afternoon then You don't want to get nailed to the bottom of the league table And you don't want to lose the 150th Lanarkshire Classical either The big boys might be idle until tomorrow But that doesn't mean we've nothing to talk about Yep, absolutely uh, Celtic and Rangers both in action tomorrow But still plenty to play for this early in the season Ross County, he's right I mean, what a start they've had this season So I think they fancy their chances uh, Against most teams at home And Livingston, I keep saying it Lost the spine of their team Started decent though I think Ross County might be too much for them But Aberdeen, Kilmarnock I mean, we had Kilmarnock so good last season Aberdeen trying to reclaim that third place Kilmarnock have to get a win somewhere In the league Is it going to be the day? I don't think so I think Aberdeen will be too strong Yeah I think when you look at The, the pressure some of these managers Are under Alessio You know bottom of the table Tommy Wrights and Johnson Looking to pick up points You've got the Hamilton Derby And you've got a lot of good uh, Fixtures in the championship As well today You know Alloa Against our broth In terms of the significance At the bottom of the table Yeah Europa League Thursdays Inevitably mean Europa League Saturdays And Europa League Sundays mm. Hugh Keevans yeah. So tomorrow two fascinating games As well for a number of reasons Well the fascination for me Will be Uh my belief that Rangers will beat St Mirren And then go top of the table Thereby putting the kind of pressure on Celtic That Celtic put on Rangers throughout last season And Celtic have to live with that They have come back in barnstorming fashion Against AIK on Thursday night Goals have been scored Defensive problems have started to be ironed out But tomorrow is a fascinating afternoon in prospect Okay, let's start going around the grounds We've got the top team building up to all of the big games in the top flight this afternoon The Lanarkshire Derby uh, is one we're keeping a close eye on Hamilton against Motherwell That's going to be watched by Mark Guidi Yes, you're absolutely right, Gordon A cracker, the first Lanarkshire Derby of the season The Hamilton Ackies sitting in sixth place just now With 1-1 from two games uh, And Motherwell sitting in tenth with one point From their opening two games But the Lanarkshire Derby Tends to throw up a surprise here and there And uh, who would bet on uh, either team winning this game this afternoon It's certainly going to be a close one And what is a glorious afternoon uh, here in Lanarkshire The pitch has been watered, the AstroTurf as we look down And hopefully we'll get as best uh, a surface as possible For the two teams on show for Hamilton Aki's Brian Rice lineup is a 4-2-3-1 It's Owen Fawn Williams in goals at the back it's George Stanger Sam Stubbs Jamie Hamilton and Adam McGowan the holding two Alex Godic and Will Collar and in front of them it's the talented Lewis Smith Danny McKinnon and Ross Cunningham with the lone striker George Oakley on the bench for Ackies at Southwood Fjortoft Miller 
Hughes, Moyo, Mino and Ongpo. And for Motherwell, Stephen Robinson goes with a 4-3-3. It's Mark Gillespie in goals at the back. Liam Grimshaw, Declan Gallagher, Peter Hartley and Charles Dunn. In midfield, Liam Polworth, Alan Campbell and Liam Donnelly. And up top, it's Sherwin Seedorf, James Scott and Chris Long on the bench. For the Steel men, it's Carson, Hilton, Maguire, Illich, Livingston, Semple and Cole. And today's match referee in Hamilton is Andrew Dallas. OK, let's hear from both managers then, starting with the home boss, Brian Rice. The disappointment of getting beaten Saturday in the extra time. I mentioned it earlier, I said to the players, no, we've got a derby game to look forward to. It. So, you know, that helped. Uh, it's been a good week. We've worked hard, so... I'm just one of the guys that just take it on the chin and let's move on. Last week was last week. It's a different game. It's a different feel about the place. So it's one we're really looking forward to. You know, I take every game on its merits. You know, for me, you get three points for winning any match in the league. It's obviously it's different for the fans. I understand that. The players feel differently for me. You know, I can sense that with them in a derby match. So you know, they're looking forward to it and I'm looking forward to it. So a sickness bug in the Motherwell camp this week. Doesn't look like there have been too many casualties. Uh, here's Stephen Robinson. You know, we've got some very good technical players and you're desperate for them to influence the game in that way. I've never seen a good game on any AstroTurf pitch, so I'm not expecting it to be a great spectacle of football. It will be physical. It always is, you know, and you know, we've got people that'll be very much up for that as well, you know, and we'll we'll demand that and we'll drive that and also, being brave means getting the ball down and, and playing and continue to do what we've done uh, in circumstances when it is nil-nil, when you're one-nil down. That's bravery as well, you know, showing that competitive side off the ball, but also with the ball. Uh, as with these two teams, typically over the last few years, Mark Greedy, there's a lot of focus on, on the youngsters on show and on the bench. Lewis Smith uh, for Hamilton starting the season well. He's been called up to the Scotland under-21s alongside the likes of Alan Campbell and James Scott from the Motherwell side as well. So uh, keen to, to see how those young Scots got on this afternoon. Yeah, I mean, the, the, you know, credit to both clubs always do showcase their talent. I th- I'm particularly pleased for Lewis Smith, uh, as you say, the national call-up. Uh, Gordon, not only for, for the lad as an individual, I watched him here against Command the Leader a couple of weeks ago and he stole the show. Absolutely terrific young player. Uh, but for Hamilton Football Club in general, because I think sometimes our players were overlooked at national level in the younger age groups when they should have been included. But hopefully this is the start of it now for Lewis Smith. I've also got George Stanger making his debut at fullback, uh, the son of Tony Stanger, the Scotland player, uh, rugby player that is. And uh, you know, and across the other side, as you say, James Scott uh, will be up there leading uh, the line and he's got Chris Long in alongside him this afternoon as um, Stephen Robinson just tweaks it a wee bit and uh, also the return of uh, Peter Hartley won't do him uh, any harm although it's always a blow to use uh, to lose someone of the calibre of Richard Tate who as you say has been floored by that sickness bug Tony Stager <laughs> Rugby <laughs> what is Mark good, Greedy on about? He says rugby. All yeah. of us were looking at each other, going, "When do you play for Scotland?" But uh, the famous try Tony Stanger score. Come on, I remember it well. <laughs> it against Mark, mighty yeah, mouse gave him ball. But here, here, Stephen Robinson. He says he's never seen a good game of football on a plastic pitch, and he's right. But you have to deal with what's in front of you, and we have three of those dreadful pitches in our main league. Uh, I think that Motherwell On that dreadful pitch May just have too much For the Ackies I mean Alex You don't want to To go over the top Let's yeah. be honest It's still It's the 24th of August Nothing's won and lost However If you're Motherwell And you come off the back Of an impressive Betfred Cup campaign And everyone's expecting Great things from you yeah. um, You go to Livy On the opening day And you get you get held That's fine You take that It's on the road You come back You lose to Celtic Fine No shame in that uh, You're then knocked out The cup by Hearts You know all of a sudden You're, you're sort of looking Going okay well 
when when do we kickstart the season? Absolutely, and I think today would be ideal uh, for Stephen Robinson. You look at the the brand of football they're playing this year. We we've been in here saying, oh, it's been pleasing on the eye. It's is it enough to actually get results, Gordon? It'll be a big one today because he's already said that he doesn't have plan B. You know, he says I've got the players in. They're all very similar. They're all passing, moving about. So it's where they get that physical. Uh, pr- prospect up top for them And if they can get a result today Then it would get the season up and running But for me I'm going for the Aki's you uh, Good luck to anyone Predicting any game yeah. Or involving the Aki's Mark yeah. Wilson Because you, they, they just defy everything They can be wonderful one minute They can struggle the next And they always seem to find a way To stay in the division Yeah And certainly at home I mean I know the AstroTurf pitch Comes into play And you know Stephen Robinson rightly saying there About he's never seen a good game But the Aki's make it Incredibly difficult For teams going there even the top teams Motherwell have, have done okay there Though So I mean Motherwell Pleasing in the eye As they were in pre-season And against Celtic They certainly weren't Against Hearts And that I think Would irk Stephen Robinson I think he'll be looking for A, a big lift in their performance What they showed last week um, I can see Motherwell nicking that I think Motherwell have enough they're, they're in desperate need Of a win to get their season Up and running And I think it'll come today I've actually been impressed with the boy uh, Liam Smith. He's oh. just come on to the scene, Hugh. Yeah. Sorry, Lewis. Yeah, Smith. Uh, he's been absolutely tremendous. You know, he looks a right good prospect. I think that's one of the key things that Hamilton do well. They actually encourage the kids to come through that academy. I used to work with his mammy. There you are. Mrs. Do- Smith. No. <laughs> name was, surname was Garavelli, actually. Uh, but there you are. Today's useless piece of information <laughs> I used to work with Lewis Smith's mammy Ten minutes into the show as well I love that Let's keep going around the grounds then A big one at Rugby Park Bottom of the table Kilmarmock Not many would have expected that Given the way they finished last season Fraser Wishart's watching them Welcome Aberdeen Yes you You may well be right This could be a big game today For all the wrong reasons Because we do know That uh, the pressure is beginning to build On and Alessandro Alessio I should say Angelo Alessio um, there's no doubt the pressure will build if he loses again today. I think the fans are unconvinced. But it's a beautiful day for a game here. As you guys always have a chuckle in the studio about me having a, a nil-nil game and I'm worried this could mm-hmm. well be the case today. Neither team been in great form in recent weeks. They both like to keep it tight. And they come here having had a few bad results. And of course, Kilmarnock had so much negative publicity. Disaster defeat against Connor Key. Two defeats in two league games. Bottom of the table. So they really want to avoid a third defeat. Big Team news for Kelly fans is that left-back Greg Taylor, heavily linked with Celtic and uh, missed training yesterday with a hamstring injury. He won't play today and you wonder if he will make that move in the next week. But for Aberdeen, I think they signed really well. I think Derek McInnes has got a really good squad together, but they have lost twice to Rijeka in the Europa League and to St Mirren in the Premiership. No goals scored in those three games, although they did manage to beat Dundee in the Cup in the extra time last week, so come up with a wee bit more confidence. They will have Lewis Ferguson back 20th birthday today. As his dad was telling Mark Guidi at Hamilton, he's back from suspension, which is a boost. And they do have a, a good look of a good team about them. But it'd be a blow if they were to lose again today and keep this poor domestic run going in this game. Therefore, has everything pointing to a low-scoring draw, unfortunately. For Kilmarnock, they've made two changes. Taylor and McKenzie are on... Uh, Taylor's out injured. McKenzie's put onto the bench with Dicker and Miller coming in. Lorenzo Bernescu's in goal. Stephen O'Donnell, Kurt Broadfoot, Stuart Finlay and Nico Hammerlinen is replacing Taylor at left-back. Alan Power and Gary Dicker in midfield. Chris Burke, Mo El McCreaney and Liam Miller across the middle and Eamon Brophy as the lone striker the subs for Kilmarnock Jamie McDonald, Alex Bruce Rory McKenzie Greg Kilty Ross Millen Dominic Thomas and Innes Cameron for 
Aberdeen, two changes as well. Hedges and McGinn drop to the bench. Lewis Ferguson and James Wilson come in. Joe Lewis in goals. Four at the back. Shea Logan, Andrew Considine, Scott McKenna and Greg Lee. Three in the midfield of Craig Bryson, Funcho Ojo and Lewis Ferguson with James Wilson and John Gallagher either side of the lone striker. Sam Cosgrove, the subs for Aberdeen. Thomas Cherney, Zach Viner, Ryan Hedges, Niall McGinn, Conor McLennan, Bruce Anderson and Curtis Main. And the referee today at Rugby Park is Alan Muir. And Fraser Wisher, what you find, it's times like these when people aren't interested in the truth. Greg Taylor may well just have a knock, but that, that's not good enough for us. We like to be, we like to look beyond that and say that's him. He's off to Celtic. He is here. Uh, I saw him, and he's in his Kilmarnock uh, tracksuit, so he's here with the squad. And I don't think if he if he was fit, uh, I don't think they would leave him out. I think they would play him. But uh, you know, all the rumours and all the stories and the newspapers are, are going heavy on it. Is that uh, Celtic really, really like him? There's stories the other day about a three million pound. Uh, fee being put on his head I'm not sure Celtic would pay that much but uh, he's a good player you know and, and I, I do like to see if players are going to leave um, clubs like Kilmarnock it's good to see him stay in Scotland and uh, I think he'd be a decent signing for, for, for Celtic I think get him at the right ah. price but we'll need to see in the next week of course you the transfer window goes a week in Monday thank you you can see why folk, sorry Hugh yeah. you can see why people get a bit excited about it because Greg Taylor never misses games he always plays that's yeah. the whole point that's part of his uh, part of his, his his charm that he's he's always there. He's ever reliable, but he's he's missing amid all this being, speculation. Being mischievous, you could point out that Scott Bean was in his Hibs tracksuit uh, and was then told to go to Celtic Park and sign for Celtic. So Dundee player as well. Yeah. So yeah. and and what a coincidence the week where Kilmarnock bring in a left back, <laughs> Greg Taylor. Me and but, 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 but Fraser, what are you trying to say? Coincidences happen. Right. Oh, well. Coincidences he'll, happen. He'll have the Celtic scarf above his head. No, there's no <laughs> way. There is no way that Celtic will pay three million pounds for a Kilmarnock player. Why? They were about to pay it for a Motherwell player in the summer. So what's the difference? Well, he, the Motherwell player, was the outstanding talent in Scotland at that time. And Craig Taylor's not too far behind, I'm is he? Not, got Scotland not, call up to the end of last season. Yeah, not saying he's a, a bad player. I just don't think that Peter Lawwell will fork out three million pounds for Greg Taylor. He joins Mark Wilson, the one cap club, towards the end of last season, didn't he? he, 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 he did. I, th- I think he, he may add a few more, but I mean, as soon as you as soon as you get to that, you know, called up for Scotland, your price tag does go up. Mm-hmm. I'm with you. I don't think Celtic would pay three million quid, but. Jack Henry has absolutely no future at Celtic. Well, that's that's why, that's why yeah. it makes sense yeah. for him to be part uh, of it. And yeah, that, that would be a sensible move to offload him. Uh, and in that way, arrive at what would be a reasonable deal for Greg mm. Taylor. But Celtic will not pay £3 million outright. Okay, let's get the thoughts of both managers, Angelo Alessio first up. We know all about Aberdeen and uh, now our focus is uh, for this team and uh, of course we know uh, this uh, is a good team, a good uh, they, they, they strong, uh, good player, technical, but at the same time our, uh, the, first, uh, the first win uh, against Hamilton on uh, Saturday next. Last last Saturday, we our focus is this. Our feeling is good, and uh, we are confident in this game. It's a time to uh, to put points uh, on the board in Premiership. It's a it's a time. 
And he's up against Derek McInnes this afternoon. It's always a tough game going to Rugby Park. I think the last, although we've had a strong record there over the years, different managers, all the, all the rest of it, it, we always feel it's a tough game and we need to bring a level of performance and it'll be no different this time around. You know, I think um, the Kilmarnock players um, had a very good campaign last year. There'll be a lot of pride in their camp. We've seen how tasty some of the fixtures have been. So I expect something similar from our own point of view. It's just going down there. Uh, obviously another uh, journey for us but we've had a good uh, couple of days rest up here this week a couple of good training days into the players and hopefully that renewed energy and and having a chance to have that rest will play out in the performance so hopefully we can bring a performance that gets the three points Roger Hannah's keeping an eye on Hibs against St Johnston yeah, I admire Fraser Wishart's negativity. We're still two Saturdays to go in August and he's already tipping nil-nil draws wherever he goes. It, it won't be nil-nil here at Easter Roads, Hibernian against St. Johnson today. I say that confidently because Hibs' last two games, 6-1, the defeat at Ibrox to Rangers, and then 5-3 in extra time, the victory over Morton in the Betfred Cup seven days ago. And Paul Heckingbottom has fielded another extremely attack-minded Hibernian team today against the St. Johnson side who, who are toiling one point, no wins out of the Betfred Cup, Still no new striker in for Tommy Knight and he's in the newspapers this morning saying the next 10 days, Gordon, before the transfer window closes will be the biggest 10 days of his seven years at St. Johnson. So the stakes are high here in Edinburgh this afternoon. This attack-minded hip side offer Marciano in goal. It's a back four of David Gray, the captain, Adam Jackson, Paul Hanlon and Lewis Stevenson. Then it's Josh Vela and Stevie Marlin in midfield. And then an attacking three, Glenn Middleton, Scott Allen, Flo Camberry, all behind Christian Doidge. On the bench, they've got Maxwell, Whittaker, Horgan, Slifka, Newell, Porteous and Ollie Shaw, who is one of the strikers that Tommy Wright would like to take to St. Johnson before this window closes. As for the Saints team, no Richard Foster this afternoon, so that means a recall for Wallace Duffy, signed in a free transfer after being released by Celtic in the summer. It's Sander Clark in goal, back four of Wallace Duffy, Liam Gordon, the captain Jason Kerr and Scott Sanzer. Midfield three of Murray Davidson, Liam Craig and young Ali McCann, and then Michael O'Halloran and Matty Kennedy, either side of the lone frontman Chris Kane. On the bench, it's Parrish, Callahan, Vyman, Swanson, McLean. Lane, Hendry and Denham and as a VIP in the building this afternoon the new Hibernian owner Ron Gordon is here US based entrepreneur he bought the club from Sir Tom Farmer last month he said Gordon to have assets of 1.4 billion dollars and that wow. puts him second in Scottish football's rich list behind Hugh Keane I was just going to say <laughs> that's, that's, Hugh's, that's half of Hugh's show fee for this afternoon <laughs> pocket change Mr Keevans. well Ron Gordon has made the Outlandish statements about Hibs winning the title But good luck to him Because he's come in He's put money into the club And that is to be welcomed out I wouldn't like to speculate On how much Mr Gordon is worth But uh, It'll be stars and stripes for Hibs today Some, some firing line isn't it You look at the Hibs there uh, Middleton, Allen, Doig and uh, Camberry Nil nil written all over it Now that Roger Hanna's given it the big build up Let's get the team news ahead of Ross County and Livingston With Dave Galloway Thank you very much Gordon Well this is the first ever Premiership meeting Between these two teams As Hugh mentioned earlier in the programme With the old firm not in action today That gives County who bounced straight back up To the top flight for this season The chance to go top of the table with a victory But Livy who 
who's signed winger Jack Stobbs on loan from Sheffield Wednesday this week come here intent on getting their first win of the league campaign having started off with a couple of draws the hosts make three changes from the team which began last weekend's cup loss at Partick Thistle out drop Keith Watson Ross Draper and Michael Gardine in come Callum Morris Ian Vigers and Josh Mullen so it's Ross Laidlaw in goals across the back Marcus Fraser Callum Morris Liam Fontaine and Sean Kelly in midfield Blair Spittle Joe Chalmers Ian Vigers and Josh Mullen up top Billy Mackay and Ross Stewart the substitutes for County Ruddy Grivosti Watson Armstrong Power Payton and Reid Livingston also have three alterations to their starting lineup from their win over Forfar which set up a cup quarter final clash with uh, Rangers next month out to go Matija St- uh, Sarkic uh, Robbie Crawford and Eamon Suda in come Ross Stewart Keegan Jacobs and Scott Robinson so it's Ross Stewart in goals Across the back, uh, Nicky Devlin, Alan Lithgow, John Guthrie and Ricky Lamy. Midfield for Livy today, uh, Marvin Bartley, Keegan Jacobs, Scott Pittman and Stephen Lawless with Scott Robinson playing just off Lyndon Dykes up top. The substitutes for Livy, Sarkic, Crawford, Erskine, Suda, McMillan, Tiffany and Stobbs. And your match referee here in Dingwall is John Beaton. That's you up to speed with the team news all around the grounds then. We've got the top team keeping an eye on things and we're going to get everyone involved as we look back on the biggest stories this week coming next. Big nights in Europe for Celtic and Rangers and some disciplinary trouble for Rangers as well. We'll look at that next. Clyde One Super Scoreboard with Thompson's Road Accident Solicitors. The compensation you deserve when you've been sidelined. Talk to Thompson's.com. Hamilton against Motherwell Hibs against St Johnston Kilmarnock Aberdeen And Ross County Livingston That's the way your picture looks In the Premiership this afternoon Of course As the afternoon progresses We will preview two massive games Tomorrow St Mirren Rangers And Celtic Hearts But as always At this time on a Saturday We get all the guys involved And we take a look back At the week's biggest stories It's our teams in Europe Again Hugh Keevans And this time we are Divided into a couple of different chapters What happened on the pitch yeah. And disciplinary issue for Rangers And their supporters What happened on the pitch I don't believe that Celtic or Rangers Are guaranteed access to the Europa League group stages yet Because a score draw at Ibrox Rangers would be eliminated Any repeat of defensive frailty In Stockholm and Celtic could be in trouble So neither is assured of a place in the group stages yet Off the park I applaud Stephen Gerrard for what he's had to say He has said today that UEFA are sending out a clear message And the message is that one day, unless the sectarian thing stops Ibrox will be closed So, fair play to Stephen Gerrard There's a casual acceptance of misbehaviour in this country, I believe If men are arrested, charged and sentenced uh, Over offences against a referee People just shrug their shoulders and say Well, he deserved it If... The chief executive of the SPFL, Neil Doncaster, has to send his family to live in England after a confrontation in the car park of a supermarket. There's a shrug of the shoulders again. So what? It's a disgrace. And sectarian singing is a disgrace. And the Rangers Everyone Anyone initiative was a brave move. And I said at the time, brave because... People don't want this Some people don't want this They want to cling to the old-fashioned ways But Stephen Gerrard is saying In so many words For heaven's sake This is the 21st century Can't we behave 
Okay, let's do football first. Mark Guidi, Roger Hanna, and Fraser Wishart. How do you see those ties? Celtic are clearly not not guaranteed, as Hugh says, but in the driving seat. And Rangers still, in in many ways, can go down as a good result as well. I think Celtic are, are a shoe in to go through. I don't think I don't agree with you. Despite the defensive frailty, Celtic will go through. Aik don't have that much to offer. Celtic will score over there, I would think. So um, I don't see any problem at all for Neil Lennon's men. That's exactly what they need ahead of a trip to Ibrox three days later. For Rangers, a bit of work to be done, but uh, I would say it's 70-30 in Rangers' favour. The hardest 90 minutes is over. It's about keeping their discipline, making sure they're tight at the back, and eventually middle to front. Rangers do have far too much to offer for uh, Legia Warsaw. Mark, having lost four goals at home yeah. to Cluj, how can it be accepted that Celtic are a shoe in in Stockholm? Because AIK are, are not that good an opponent, you bottom line. Well, they may have not have looked at it at Celtic Park where they clearly did not come to win, but as we often find, Mark, in Europe, these teams can be a different proposition altogether at their own place. Yeah, yeah well, they should be, Celtic. absolutely should be, but. but they won't over the over the 90 minutes. Will will they be good enough to knock Celtic out? Now, do I expect it to be to be scary for Celtic clinging on the last 10 minutes to, to get through? No, I don't. I think over the piece it'll be it'll be a fairly comfortable 90 minutes in Stockholm on Thursday night. I think Celtic will score over there. Celtic looks set up to score goals wherever they go at the minute. Mm. And if they do score, you certainly can't see CAIK scoring four. I know I know Hugh that Kluge did, but I think Kluge are a, a higher standard than AIK. I would think Celtic would get through. Rangers, they've done the hard part. What would worry me was in the last round for Legia, they drew 0-0 at home and then went to Greece and won away to Atromitos. So they do carry that threat on the break. There could be scary moments for, for Rangers on Thursday night. You would expect both teams to get through and be in that hat for the, the group stage draw on Friday. Before I sign up for the witness protection programme, let me underline that I hope Celtic and Rangers both make it to the group stages. I'm just leaving open the possibility that neither has yet completed the job was that an important victory guys on Thursday night for Celtic obviously because you want to progress in Europe but just given the, the, the sort of feeling towards certain players and perhaps even Neil Lennon in the last seven days or so leading up to the game yeah they couldn't afford to, to lose that game Gordon you know a, a loss or a poor performance and a draw then it just increases the pressure because then, then there's the chances there still is as I think as people know that they won't get through to the Europa Europa League so yeah I think it was a very important result but it was also fairly I think comprehensive from people that were at the game saying that Celtic were, were outstanding and played really really well so I think that was also so important and uh, I'm with Roger I think Celtic will score a goal away from home and uh, so, so the away goals can, can come into play for Rangers the away goals is a, is a danger and for, for them I, I think the danger is despite 3,000 seats being, being, being closed they'll still have a huge crowd there and they'll roar them on with a terrific atmosphere they've got to be careful not to be gung-ho and leave themselves open at the back because one goal for, for Ligia Warsaw and it changes the whole dynamic of the game so I think it'll be a, it'll be a tense day at, at Ibrox but I expect them to get through as well and hopefully we've got two teams to support in the, in the Europa League Hugh's already mentioned the unsavoury side of it let me recap the story for anyone who is just joining us or who wasn't aware of what happened yesterday UEFA ordering Rangers to close a section of Ibrox after ruling supporters were guilty of singing sectarian songs during the first round qualifiers this is going back to the St Joseph's game uh, they have been forced to close three thousand a section worth 3,000 seats for the Ligia Warsaw game on Thursday Rangers will also have to put a big banner in that place with the wording equal game in the closed section it opens up a, a number of debates which we've had before UEFA clearly operating that strict liability 
procedure or the policy on, on fan disorder. R- Rangers have been pretty strong in their statement, Roger Hanna. I won't read it all out, but it, it's about as strong, certainly, as, as I can remember clubs being on, on this type of thing. Yeah, it most certainly is. Um, we've spoken about the football and what a big week it is for both Celtic and Rangers on the field of play. Big games in the Premiership tomorrow, big Europa League games on Thursday, and then the meeting at Ibrox a week tomorrow, Gordon. But it's a huge week for Rangers supporters. Stephen Gerrard, Dave King, yesterday made their feelings plain. So Rangers now go to St Mirren tomorrow. They then have the Legia game on Thursday night, and they then have Celtic on Sunday. This is a week in which the Rangers supporters can come into line and show their support for Stephen Gerrard and Dave King for the Everyone Anyone initiative and for their own club. Or they can continue to sing these songs and risk UEFA shutting the whole place for European games and risk Neil Doncaster and Ian Maxwell falling into line with UEFA and starting to impose domestic sanctions as well. Mark Greedy, what do you make of it? Um, I think the statement from Rangers was was first class and nailed it ahead. It was concise, uh, and Stephen Gerrard as well spoke, you know, very well. But I think there's an element there, or certainly in the past, and I hope that's not the case tomorrow at St Mirren in the next two games at Rangers. But after the Steve Clark episode uh, when he was Kilmarnock manager in the the cup replay at Ibrox when he came out uh, Dave King issued a strong statement and I remember praising at the time I thought it was first class because t- too often um, Rangers and Celtic in the past have hidden behind statements that, that nobody will actually put their name to and some of the statements that, that both clubs put out frankly um, are, are an, in, are an in, insult to their intelligence but Dave King there was an act of defiance right after I think the very next game Rangers played some of the songs were, were the, the, some of the fans were still singing so I hope this is a wake-up call, and uh, as I've said all along, the madness that's upon us this season, the madness that's coming, it might just be the perfect time as well for people to sit up and take notice, because it's not helpful to Rangers Football Club, it's not helpful to Steven Gerrard and his players, and if they don't come into line, that rogue element, then they will risk playing in front of empty stadiums. I mean, it's not just UEFA, it's not just Hugh Keevans, it's not people having a go, Steven Gerrard himself is feeling it, he's not impressed, here's what he had to say. It's disappointing when I think about it that the effect that's going to have on innocent fans who go to the game and behave properly and they're going to miss out on the chance of watching the second leg which is all set up for an incredible match so I'm disappointed over it. But the club have made a statement on it now and uh, as I say I back the words that have been stated. We've been here before and I hope it's the last time we have to deal with questions in terms of fan behaviour. You know, We want our fans to go to the game, enjoy it, behave in the right way and get behind the team. That's what being a fan is all about. We want our supporters to go to the game and get behind the team. We've got one of the best fan bases in the world. Um, they follow us in large numbers, home and away, and they've got a reputation for being the best supporters in the world. So I think when you hear stuff like this, it damages the, the fans' reputation of having the best fans in the world. All I can do is echo what's being said in the statement and ask fans and plead with fans to behave in the right manner when they come and support the team. Well, the club are working extremely hard. We all are, uh, players, staff um, and everyone around the club. I think it was a, a really strong message in the campaign. So to have something so soon is, is frustrating and disappointing. Fraser Wishart, what does this do to the difference we have here with our domestic football governing bodies compared to UEFA? You've seen the, the, the point made that It clearly shines some sort of spotlight on it In that, in theory Rangers fans, or anyone else for that matter 
could get away with singing songs today or tomorrow but UEFA don't govern that way so could that lead to a change in what we do? It's a different setup at UEFA where, where the far more power with the, the actual UEFA itself with the executive whereas in Scotland the power is with the clubs so for supporters of any club across Scotland when, when they're rightly wanting us to call this out this, this horrible behaviour then uh, they should go and uh, speak to their own chairman because the, 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 every time it's been proposed, it's been knocked back, even as recently as three or four years ago by Stuart Reagan at the, the SFA. I, I think, I can't remember the exact figures, it's something like four out of 85 SFA members. Yeah, I mean, I, I thought it, it was so five, but whether it's four or five, four or five <laughs> it yeah. clearly tells you there's no appetite for it. Yeah, well, it's the clubs that make the rules, so so let, let's let's see what, what, what they want to do. Um, there needs to be something done because, you know, it, it's, it's, it's a blight in our game. You know, and the, we could talk about the statements. I thought, for me, one of the lines was sadly the warnings have fallen on deaf ears, but people can't afford to have deaf ears, and, and we've already spoken about the damage they can do to their own to their own club. But in the end, it's just wrong. Any kind of behaviour of sectarian singing or racist chanting or that people sexuality or anything like that, it's just wrong. And, and I, I have to say, I just don't get it. Why would you want to abuse somebody just because of their beliefs or their colour or the country they come from? We have to call it. It's, it's just wrong. But Stephen, they, will, they, will, they will do damage to, the, to their own club, but wider. It's just wrong. And, and, and sadly, it's still a problem for Scottish football. Fraser, Stephen Gerrard also said of life in Glasgow, and I quote, I was aware of the rivalry and the religion and the politics around it, but I didn't realise how strong it was. The 21st century. Yeah. And we're still going on about this. And I repeat, that's because... For some people, the hard of understanding, this is a lifestyle choice. This is the way they want to be. So either football gets a grip of this domestically or the politicians will get involved. And when they get involved, it all goes awry. Just before we knock this on the head and get back to the football, to the the three guys out there, I mean, is anyone in favour of of strict liability? UEFA may use it, but there are examples of, or there there are arguments out there to suggest that that doesn't work either. I think if we can't join the, the civilised 21st century Then it may have to come in It's the last resort I feel sorry for clubs How do you legislate for the half-wits in your presence? However, I fear it's on its way Unless we can clean up our act I, I'm not sure it'll work you Because you talk about Scottish society We have a society at the minute Where if strict liability was brought in by Either by the Scottish Government pushing the SPFL Or voluntarily by the SPFL You would have supporters of one club infiltrating the support of a rival club and causing bother so the rival club would be victims to the strict liability laws. These are the <laughs> these are the people that you know we're operating with at the minute. So for me it doesn't stack up, it won't work. I'm not convinced that would happen, Roger. I've, I've heard that argument, but uh, at, at the moment we're not doing anything and it's not working. So I think there has to be a proper debate about something. I'm not talking about closing stands or or banning supporters or closing grounds straight away but uh, there needs to be a, an open debate and, and I think an openness to, to address this, this wrong that's, that's happening and at the moment what we have isn't working because it's not stopping it so therefore we need to look at something different Mark Greedy I just you know I think if the, the, the clubs are really serious about it and we're, and we're talking about our, our main two clubs in Scotland with that sectarian element and stuff that's, that's unacceptable and, and the clubs um, their own clubs will condemn their own supporters for doing it and the risk factor which has led to 3,000 seats being taken away from Rangers on Thursday night and an an important European tie I always think maybe it's a bit extreme I don't know but see if their own clubs are really serious from the boardroom down to the manager's office 
onto the field. See if it's absolutely clear that there's a, a section of their own support um, being out of order and doing things that are jeopardising uh, the club. Why does the, the players not just walk off the field? Just take their team off. Okay, I think we'll knock that in the head there because we do have some big football matches this afternoon. They're only 20 minutes away and we're going to go back around the grounds next. Clyde One Super Scoreboard with Thompson's Personal Injury Solicitors, the league leader for compensation. Talk to Thompson's.com. Alex Ray, Mark Wilson, and Hugh Keevens are in the studio. Top team all around the grounds, and we're 15 minutes away from kickoff. So let's go back around and get a flavour uh, for what's happening. Kilmarnock against Aberdeen, Fraser Wishart. Social media is rife with speculation that Greg Taylor's omission means he's uh, on his way to Celtic. I'm sure there's a more innocent explanation, or is there? Yeah. Well, that's that's the sixty-four million dollar question. I, I think if Greg Taylor was fit, he would play. You know, he's a young guy. He's he's not as if he's an older guy. He might pick up a, a, an injury, or whatever else. I think if he was fit, he would play. Um, stories coming out of the club was that he had a slight hamstring problem, which, which is always something you want to protect yourself against. But that doesn't mean he, he won't join Celtic during the week. Certainly, the, the rumour mill has been at uh, full frenzy in the last few days about, about uh, that transfer going there. But. Uh, you know, as a lad who was freed by Rangers, who came to Kilmarnock and uh, was criticised maybe for his height when he was younger, and they said he might not make it. Fair play to Greg Taylor because in the last couple of years he's been outstanding and he's uh, a terrific footballer. And if he got, I don't, I don't know what a transfer would be, would be a million and a half, something like that, to two million maybe plus add-ons, maybe a player on loan, then I think that'd be a good deal for Kilmarnock. And they've already brought in a replacement, you know, and he's playing today, Nico Hamalainen, who's on loan from QPR. So, you know, they've got somebody there. They must be thinking there's a chance of him going. But uh, for Kamarnock, I think probably equally as important just now is, is actually winning this football match because there's such a negative slant around the club for the last 18 months. It's been outstanding. And the, the corner's key defeat, the first couple of league defeats as well. Three would be unthinkable, I think, for, for Kamarnock. And just crank up that pressure on the manager. But uh, if they're going to sell Taylor, move him now and get the money in and then maybe the manager can invest in new players to, to improve the team because we've still got 10 days with the transfer window to go I mean Mark Wilson I've been racking my brains and if only we, we had an example of a young Scottish fullback who was about to move to Celtic and get told by his other Scottish club to sit out and pretend he was injured do you know anyone? I'm your man Gordon it did exactly the same happen to me yep we had a game I think it was against St Johnson the move was coming about that Celtic were interested I think things were agreed we had a game on the Saturday and I was told you're not playing, even though I wanted to play. What was the mystery injury? I, I can't remember. I think it was some like he's tightening his hamstring or something. Oh, it's, the and same, it's the same yep, excuse. And I had to, yeah, had to sit the game out. And there you go. And I was at Celtic a few days later, so I wouldn't. Uh, did that harm the Bristol night as well, Willow? <laughs> Unfortunately not. I <laughs> think <laughs> they just left me because <laughs> I wasn't good enough. Well, Derek McInnes has already apologised this season for misleading the media about players who were allegedly injured but weren't. Uh, and now Mark Wilson is giving us this shocking revelation Mark Guidi, Roger Hanna and myself Know all about being lied to by football managers I like the, the quote from uh, Derek McInnes in this morning's newspapers Fraser when he was talking about Scott McKenna And the transfer speculation surrounding him Handing in that transfer request He said his head was like a toy shop I mean I've got <laughs> absolutely no idea what that means I've no idea what that means either Anyone? It's usually like a washing machine isn't it? A toy shop A toy shop I've heard that one before It's still bells and whistles and noise and yippee Right okay Uh, Mark Guidi Hamilton against Motherwell These fixtures have been notoriously difficult to predict haven't they Even since Hamilton came back up Hamilton beat Motherwell 5-0 in their first season And I think within the same campaign Motherwell ended up 
With a, a hammering of their own And it doesn't seem to matter Whether it's home or away there, There's always the potential For a, a shock Aye they're, they're, they're unpredictable Even just the, the boys And the they will give them Their predictions at, at five past ten Past two I think Mark, um, two of them going for Motherwell, one going for Hamilton. God, you know, I don't wait. I don't know which way to go myself, um, Gordon, because you know I watched Hamilton here a couple of weeks ago against Kilmarnock, poor for the first 20 minutes. Kelly controlled it, and then they got the goal. Young Lewis Smith with, with a cracker. But you look at the Motherwell team, and they've not been. Um, the results have not been great the past couple of weeks. But you could never lo- rule them out because they have got some good, experienced players, and they're attractive to watch middle to front. So uh, I am tempted to go. Uh, for a score uh, draw in this game so I'm going to go two each it's something a bit different from Motherwell in an attacking sense Mark it looked like Stephen Robinson was determined to go with the two wingers with Seedorf and Hilton or, or Illich you know two out of the three uh, but Hilton sits out so does Illich which means you've got two recognised strikers if you like um, yeah. whether that will reflect the change in, a change in shape or not or whether just one of the guys will be asked to operate a bit wider yeah, well, I mean, that, I mean, it would be, as we all know nowadays, uh, it would be a major surprise if he goes with Long and Scott uh, as a front two. You're, you're tempted to think that maybe Scott will maybe come a wee bit wider. Um, but listen, I'd love to see it, a front two, and then let, let's see how Hamilton react to that. They've got a strong central defensive partnership, uh, Akis and um, Sam Stubbs and uh, Jamie Hamilton. But, but they, they are young, they're kids, you know, not a, not a lot of first team experience uh, between them at all at any level. So, you know, maybe Stephen Robinson's just thinking, well, let's go and mix it up. Let's go and put two boys up against their two young centre halves and uh, see how it goes. Uh, Roger Hanna let me take you back to something you mentioned earlier on with regards to Tommy Wright he said in this morning's papers or he admits that it's probably the biggest 10 day period uh, since he came to the club which is a huge statement considering he's had <laughs> some unbelievable success in his time well he has he's won the Scottish Cup first St Johnson manager in the club's history to do so he's had several European campaigns several top 6 finishes with St Johnson but I think he has had the most frustrating transfer window of his time at the club um, didn't manage to get Stevie May from Aberdeen so far didn't manage to get Kane Hemmings lost out to Dundee a championship club when we were trying to bring him back up the road from Notch County still hasn't got the players he wants in the squad and I just wonder if um, this was a very public message to his chairman Steve Brown this morning that he feels he needs reinforcements so that you, you know when you're looking at the league table it has St Johnson with just one point and only Kilmarnock beneath them in the table at the minute Gordon so that doesn't turn into from a bad start to a relegation fight well no room for sentiment I'm sure Paul Heckingbottom looking to make things worse for Tommy Wright this afternoon you don't, I don't want to give too much away but we know it's going to be tough we know they'll come here well organised uh, we know they'll put balls in his box bodies in his box um, and we have to be prepared for that like I said it's, so that starts from the front starts from our number nine all the way back to his goalkeeper so we have to be ready for that but flip that we have to be good enough on the ball to cause them problems as well so not, not, not really been an issue with that but we want as I said always go for the perfect performance um, at the minute we're going for just a consistent performance 90 minutes we want a strong energetic resilient when we've not got the ball creative when we have got the ball but for 90 minutes rather than patches Paul Hickingbottom there looking ahead to Hibs against St Johnson just one more stop then in the top flight comes in Dingwall for Ross County uh, against Livingston Dave Galloway, how important is, is continuity for Ross County? Because in the past they've been known to sign loads and loads of players, but there's a real core there which got them promoted from the Championship last season and it seems as if they're happy enough to, to go with that. Of course they have made additions, but it's been a bright start 
carrying on the way they finished off the last campaign yeah it has it's been a, a great start for them of course they they had the, the newly promoted team bounce and, and you know they've started off uh, in a flying style in the league this season and as we mentioned earlier in the show what an incentive to go top albeit briefly uh, they are though without the firepower of Lee Irwin and, uh, and Brian Graham plus midfielder Ross Draper but you know they'll feel they should have too much in the tank uh, for the Livy side who will come here full of confidence through of course to the last eight of the League Cup with Rangers coming to town next month after uh, beating Forfar a week ago so a good game in prospect here Let's hear from Stuart Kettlewell There's been a few changes to, to their personnel um, obviously lost one or two players Halkett, Gallagher um, these types of guys have moved on but I think what, you, what you're going to see is a, a similar version of Livingston I think they're very good at what they do I think they're very well organised um, I think you would have to say that they pretty much get themselves involved in just about every game that they play in there's never there never seems to be too many moments where games get away from them um, particularly easily I think you've got to pay them huge credit in, in, in the sense that or give them huge credit sorry just in the sense of how they how they performed last season in the in the Premier League obviously this season has been two draws for them to start with um, but I think uh, I think you're going to find a, a very similar version to what you've seen last season in Livingston well I think that Ross County lacked the killer touch they, they were put out of the Betfred Cup by Partick Thistle last weekend having been in front uh, they had hearts over a barrel at Tynecastle, got the penalty that should have won them all three points and missed it. I think they lacked the killer touch and that's why I think Gary Holt's side are good enough to get a draw in Dingwall and Ross County will not go top of the table. Speaking of Partick Thistle, the weekend got off to a bit of a flyer from a neutral perspective last yep. night. A five-goal thriller at Capolo. Not not so thrilling if you're Gary Caldwell. That's a Partick Thistle thing to do. You win 3-2 yeah. in the Betfred <laughs> yeah. Cup. One weekend You lose 3-2 In the league At Capolo The following weekend It's a Partick Thistle Thing But It must infuriate The life out of Gary Caldwell Three goals lost In the space of Eight minutes Is unacceptable I think the way, the way I went about their business You in the first half You thought they looked impressive They're going to build on That result last week As you said And the manner They capitulated In yeah. eight minutes You know And you're looking about And you're saying Who's actually going to take The lead uh, From that team And they, just they did it last season as well Alex The amount of times that they went ahead last season You thought You know Gary Caldwell was You know really needing a couple of wins under his belt And you thought they've turned a corner And teams would come out the second half Score one goal And they would collapse And unfortunately for Gary Caldwell It started along similar lines You know I was at the Dundee United game A couple of weeks ago They went ahead and looked good United scored And they collapsed again It's a problem That Gary Caldwell has to get rid of Sharpish Okay, that's us all set up for an action-packed Saturday afternoon. We've got Hamilton, Motherwell, Hibs against St. Johnson, Kilmarnock, Aberdeen and Ross County, Livy are featured matches in the top flight. Huge fixtures all across the divisions. So coming up next, not only do we have the 3pm kickoffs, but we'll start previewing tomorrow's fixtures as well. After the action, it's your reaction. 0141 951 1025. Clyde One Super Scoreboards Open Line. Full-time results across the country all coming in. I think they should all be with us now. So let's get a rundown of what happened today uh, across the country. We'll start with the Scottish Premiership, but it finished Hamilton 1, Motherwell 3, Hibs 2, St Johnston 2, Kilmarnock 0, Aberdeen 0, and Ross County 1, Livingston 4 in the Championship. Alloa 0, Arbroath 1, Air United 1, Queen of the South 0, Dundee 0, Inverness 0, and Dunfermline 0, Dundee United 2. In League 1, Clyde 1, Falkirk 0, Dumbarton 3, Stranraer 1, East 5-4, 
Airdrie 1 Peterhead 1 4 for 0 And Wraith Rovers 3 Montrose 0 In League 2 Albion Rovers 0 Brecon City 1 Cowden B 3 Annan 1 Queen's Park 0 Elgin 0 Stenhouse Muir 1 Edinburgh City 3 And Stirling Albion 1 Cove 2 In the English Premier League It finished Norwich 2 Chelsea 3 Brighton 0 Southampton 2 Man United 1 Crystal Palace 2 Sheffield United 1 Leicester City 2 And Watford 1 West Ham 3 We've got two big games tomorrow Hugh Keevans Sum it all up for us Tomorrow's games Tomorrow's games are all about The pivotal nature Of The games It's about Being in top form It's about being confident And having self-belief Before The first Old Firm game of the season St Mirren do not have Rangers quality Rangers would need to have a sleepy off day Not to win in Paisley Hearts do not have Celtic's quality Celtic would need to slip up badly at home Not to win That's the background But when Crystal Palace go to Old Trafford and win 2-1 When Livy go to a team in Dingwall Who might have been top of the league tonight And win 4-1 You never know the minute in football Fascinating day in prospect 01419511025 That's the number you need Where you at a game today We'd love to hear from you How was it? Talk us through the game The decisions The good players The bad players We'd love to share your experiences So get on the line And tell us what you made of your team today I'm thinking in particular Well in this part of the world Motherwell fans You've got the bragging rights In the Lanarkshire Derby uh, If there's any Livy fans I'm sure you'll be delighted as well And of course If you're a Celtic or Rangers fan Let's look ahead to tomorrow We'll hear from both managers Get all your predictions Your lineup suggestions And anything else you can think of Get them into us 0141 951 1025 uh, Mark Wilson How would you sum up today? Well today A, a great day for Motherwell I thought they They badly needed a win After a, a pre-season That showed so much promise Ross County Backfired I thought they looked like a, a stick on against Livingston But you've got to Really commend Livingston For the way They've started the season People thought they were uh, You know Going to be the whipping boys this year Far from it Aberdeen Looked to be struggling As well as Kilmarnock But Aberdeen will come good Kilmarnock I'm not so sure I think Kilmarnock are in a A big hole And for Paul Heckenbottom You just wonder If taking Scott Allen off It may have looked the right decision As they went back in the lead 2-1 But they didn't close the game out And it's guys like Scott Allen Who tend to do that And the Hibs fans Let them know What they thought of it So a tough start for Hibs And not exactly What their fans wanted At the start of the season either Yeah absolutely And I think one of the key things For Aberdeen as well I think it's one goal In the last five games That they've actually scored That's that's concerning Commander are up and running As, as they say uh, With that one point But uh, you know Motherwell were the big winners today Alongside Livingston Gordon well, mother will the big winners according to Alex Ray. So, mother fans, let's hear from you. You'll be back in the car by now. Some of you will be home by now. It's so close. So, what did you make of the game today? Oh one four one nine five one one zero two five. That's the number that Craig has dialed. Craig is in Johnston, uh, and he is a Kilmarnock fan as well. So, what did you make of today's game, then, Craig? Um, I thought I thought it was, it was pretty positive. I think Aberdeen. Uh, at the start, they kind of they kind of pushed us a wee bit, but McKenna getting injured and all that, um, he went off quite early, and then we lost Broadfoot. But I think that was a positive bringing Alex Bruce on at the back. Uh, he looks he looks a good signing as well. I think I think we definitely need to get a striker in. Though I think Game and Brophy's not really cutting it up top himself. So I think if we can get a striker in, we can maybe be looking at getting top six and maybe getting the heights of last season. But if we if we don't, then I'd seriously start to worry about us scoring goals. Yeah, I think it, it probably does go down as a decent point for Kilmarnock, doesn't it? Given where they've been in the last couple yeah. of weeks, 
Aberdeen supposedly again One of the teams who you would expect to be To be up certainly in the top three or four So to to just get that point And give you something to build on would, that, that, You can see the positives there for guys like Craig Yeah because in recent weeks They've had a, a horrible run of, of results Um Again, I just I just can't see them emulating what they did last season. I mean, Craig, very optimistic and saying we get a striker and could be top six. I know a lot of the same players are there, but the importance of the, uh, having Steve Clark in the touchline, I think, is is apparent for all to see just now. I mean, come on, they're defending okay just now, but going forward, they're lacking. And I think that's why they'll struggle. This year And I think it's already evident I know what you're saying Gordon A point against Aberdeen Isn't the worst result in the world Because Particularly because Aberdeen went down there And, and turned them over a few times However They need to be much better Than they have been it's in a recent better, weeks It's a better point for Kamal Than it yeah. is for Aberdeen That's for sure But the thing is Hugh When you actually look at the bigger picture uh, uh, Granted a point as a positive result today But when you look at it Going out so early In the, in the qualifiers To Europa and then obviously kind of losing to Hamilton, losing to Rangers, you know, that's not a good mm. kind of start to a season. You're looking for a bit more, but hopefully this will be the catalyst for them to Craig, kick on. Craig, no Greg Taylor today, just a simple injury easily explained away or a sign that he's off to Celtic? Um, I, I, um, I don't really know. It's, obvious, it's been in the papers say, this morning, the Daily Record, saying that he was apparently pulled out of injury, uh, out of training with a hamstring injury, but... I wouldn't read too much into it. I think Angelo's already come out and clearly said that he doesn't want to sell his best players. He's, he spoke to the board and he doesn't want to do that. I think um, anything from the Daily Record should probably be taking a pinch of salt, to be honest. Yeah, um, now that Hugh Keevans has gone, yeah. Yeah, I, I, so <laughs> I think... Um, to be fair. I think I, I'm a big I'm a big fan of Greg Taylor, so... Uh, I wouldn't like to see him go if it, if, it, if it did come down to it and sell it, we're going to take him. I wouldn't take any less than three million. I think if you're going to sign that boy ball and golly for... For three million, then you've got three million for Greg Taylor as well. Hundred, more than a hundred appearances in the league, a professional Scotland cap, and they're, they're valuing him at one million. We rejected a half a million pound bid for Nuremberg as well. So, I think three million, they can they can jog on. To be honest, is what I'd say. Well, it could come down to that type of issue where if he is sold, Angelo Alessio then turns to Billy Bowie and says, "I'm wasting my time here then." So it might be one of those problems that uh, Kilmarnock have But I, I do not believe that Celtic will pay £3 million up front for Greg Taylor Jack Henry, plus money, is a better option I think uh, But I, I wouldn't read anything into the fact that uh, Greg Taylor did not play today It might purely and simply be an injury problem Hugh, everyone has their price though You know, uh, Clubs like uh, Kamarnock If you're talking about like Maybe one and a half million pound Maybe with the boy uh-huh. Henry Then I think that has to be Seriously looked at and, and I get that He doesn't want to lose His best players But there could be a bigger Picture here Whereas the, he's already Brought a left back in It would maybe Allow him to go and get The striker that Craig Mentions on the line there To try and maybe Bolster his squad Because It's you know Taking the lesser of two evils Yeah Craig Is that the, the real priority You mentioned the striker Where are we now In terms of the window It's eight days or so Something like that Seven or eight days think, yeah. Is it Chris Boyd was obviously A scorer of many goals Craig His time Came to an end What what type of striker Would you like to see You're talking an experienced one Is it, is it a target man Something different from Eamon Brophy um, I, You see Eamon Brophy up top There on, on his own uh, He kind of looks 
see a wee bit working at we're playing three midfielders who are quite defensively based. He's got two wingers either side of him as well who can who can support him. But we've got young Ennis Cameron on the books, nineteen years old. I mean he played against Hamilton last week and he was he was positive and perhaps another striker like that, like a Chris Boy, somebody who can get up in there and who can play a ball onto Brophy. I mean I don't, I don't really like to talk about him that much, but Greg Stewart last season, when he was up top with Brophy, he created all the chances. And you've seen uh, when Greg Stewart left, we lost, uh, we went in a run of seven games where a win when Greg Stewart left. And I think we're just missing somebody up there with some real quality who a ball can be pinged to and then Brophy can play off him. So I think um, I think that's where the, the focus has got to go in terms of the transfer window. Well, sell Greg Taylor and reinvest the money. Craig doesn't like I mean, that suggestion. I mean, I mean, you're, you're, you're saying sell Greg Taylor, but then you've got a boy on loan for QPR who's a left-back, doesn't really know the Scottish game. You, you could have Selly come to Rugby Park and he's up against James Forrest. You're saying, get, uh, we did get three million for Greg Taylor. Who, who realistically are we going to be able to bring in as a striker for three million? Because if, if clubs know that we've got that three million for Selly, then the prices that they want for their players will just, go, will just skyrocket. So, I mean... I don't really know if, if that's really an option. I'd, I'd try and kind of like to bring Greg Taylor in and maybe then get an experienced player in on a free or even on a loan that we can just kind of get through the season with. OK, thank you very much, Craig. A Kilmarnock fan in Johnson giving us a call straight after the game, that fresh reaction, mm. uh, looking back on what happened in the 90 minutes at Rugby Park. If you were out there and you're on your way back from a game, let's hear from you. 0141 951 There must be some Motherwell fans who are on to gloat. You've got the, the bragging rights in Lanarkshire this evening after the win against Hamilton Ackies uh, we do have two big games tomorrow St Mirren against Rangers Celtic against Hearts and Paul is a Celtic fan from Kirkintilloch hi Paul hi Gordon hi Hugh hi Mark hi Alec hi Paul hi how are we doing uh, my point I, I got cut off last night so I couldn't actually uh, make my point uh, my point today is that it's been a a typical kind of crazy week and uh I've listened to all the stuff that's been on. Uh, I've been listening to the phone in. I've been listening to Celtic fans hyperventilating, panicking. Uh, there was even a Liverpool fan that phoned up. Funny, I think it was from Glasgow. It was a Liverpool fan who was saying that Celtic are in a position this year that Rangers were last year because uh, Celtic have signed new players. So the guy obviously isn't very good at maths. When you consider how many players Rangers are saying compared to Celtic, but my point is, uh, amidst all this panic, I actually feel that we are in a better position now than we were last season. And my reasons for that are that we went out of the Champions League the same as Brendan Rodgers did, but for some reason, uh, Brendan Rodgers never really took any flack for it. Brendan Rodgers managed to hide behind Dedrick Boyata as you used to like bringing up all the time uh, and the McGinn signing now we've signed four players uh, a new defence they're starting to bed in but I don't see where the panic comes from really Uh, we're in the same position Uh, I think we're going to add strength to the team but I think the thing is a lot is Celtic fans have got this thing in their head about Neil Lennon that they never had with Brendan Rodgers Brendan Rodgers managed to dodge a lot of the flack for it where a really Neil Lennon the, the knives have been out for him already OK Mark Wilson where are Celtic now compared to this time last season ahead behind similar mm, pretty similar if you're looking at what they've achieved obviously going forward in games they're scoring plenty of goals but in terms of 
Well, you can only compare it to going out of the Champions League at the same stage this time in the Europa League. You know, similar-ish. So, I mean, I think... Paul, I think Brendan Rodgers did get stick. I get what you're saying. He, he's not. He didn't get as much stick as Neil Lennon's getting right now. That's for sure. And that's because a lot of fans didn't like the appointment of Neil Lennon, even though he got them over the line with the treble. They still voiced their concerns, and I feel I, I still feel there's an element of the Celtic support that's waiting in Neil Lennon's slip, not for some reason to, to hammer him. And uh, listen, I've got to agree with you in terms of I don't see what the panic is. We were on this show last week, and I says it's got to be a a sense of perspective uh, about how early it is in the season and where Celtic are. And last season, they were in a similar position, went on, did okay in Europe, got out the group stages and won the treble. So, again, I have to agree with you. I don't see where the panic is. But who is saying panic? Well, who, well uh, not panic. Uh, well, this maybe the wrong word, Hugh, Paul, but the amount of Paul Celtic... Paul is talking well, about other Celtic supporters and... Yeah, but that's fine. Yeah, yeah that, that's, that's what okay. I mean. Well, but, panic is when Celtic supporters too... The first calls last Saturday Were saying Neil Lennon should be sacked If that's not panic Then what is? Well that's because there's a, a, An emotional a, a, reaction that is An element of resentment yeah, But it's panic An element know. of resentment against Neil Lennon Has been since his appointment In the wake of Brendan Rodgers' decision to go The only reason I mentioned uh, Dedrick Boyata Then and now Is that Dedrick Boyata refused to play for Celtic In a vital, crucial European mm. match To decide qualification for the Champions League yeah, I, th- I think Paul sort of agreeing with you there Because he's saying look at that turmoil last year It's not like we're any worse off this time is Well it? The, I think the loss of Tierney Lustig, Boyata and Benkovic Are being replaced by players who have yet I say yet To show their true worth uh, El Hamed looks reasonable Bolingoli seems to have an extended bout of stage fright We'll see how that progresses and Julian, uh, the jury's still out there as well. So in that better regard, on Thursday though, weren't they? they yeah, better, yeah, yeah. But in that regard, Celtic are slightly behind where they were this time last year because Lustig, Tierney, Benkovic, and Boyata were all there last year. What do you make of that, Paul? If you were being quite sort of simplistic about the argument and looking at, at squad strength this time last year, Celtic had Kieran Tierney, and now they don't. Does that not make them behind where they were last season? Well, see if you look at the season, Kieran Tierney missed half the season. I think I he, still, think, he still played over 40 games, Paul. He did, he did, you're right, you're right. But uh, I, I don't think Benkovic hadn't played a game yet, I don't think. Yeah. Bayata had always had a potential bomb scare moment in him. So I don't. Lustig, he was one of the weak links down the wing. That's what it was time, still as. Paul, this time last year, Lustig was getting mm. yeah, that's you know, slated a bit. So yes, you, can't, you can't then say, oh, it's such a blow that he's gone. Because when... he ended the season very strongly under Neil Lennon. Yeah. You can't then say, oh, I mean, everything's falling apart because Lustig's not there. It wasn't the case this time last season. Anyway, it's very straightforward again, Paul. You know, Hearts tomorrow at Celtic Park. The performance against Hearts will need to be of the sort that, first of all, wins three points, keeps Celtic above Rangers on goal difference, and sends Celtic to Ibrox the following weekend, believing in themselves. That's... It's mm. game by game now Just quickly Paul We're going to have to move on Who starts in goal tomorrow Craig Gordon stay in Or Fraser Forster I don't know And I don't think it makes much difference To be honest I'm not really I think the two of them are brilliant goalies uh, I don't think Gordon's done much wrong But I can't see Fraser Forster Being signed to sit in the bench So I don't really think it's a, a major issue Oh Paul get off the fence Come on pick one Gordon 
Yeah. Here we go. There you go. Got them then. Thank you very much, Paul. In Kirk and Tillico, one four one nine five one one zero two five. That's the number Craig and Cumbernauld's dialed. He's a Rangers fan. Hi, Craig. Hi, guys. How's doing? Yeah, um, I, I just on the games tomorrow and the, the, the wider point going into next week. I think you know I kind of agree with Hugh's points earlier that I, I do think, of course, um, it'd be very good. Uh, both sides will go into tomorrow's games thinking they need to win. I do think, however, even if one of them slips up, it doesn't necessarily mean there's any more pressure than there already is going into an old firm game because ultimately, the first old firm game in the season, there's always pressure. But you know, and I actually think, um, to be honest, it's the first one in a while. I think if Rangers can win tomorrow, that they'll go into his favourites because the form Rangers are on, they're unbeaten in all competitions at the moment. They haven't had this sort of rough patch that Celtic have been going through at the moment and I, I do think that if Rangers win tomorrow and continue that momentum I think they could quite easily begin into next game next week's game at Ibrox as well as the favourites in that all for them although you can never really predict it um, I don't know what the guys think of that but I personally would put them as, as favourites at this point and then we have to take into consideration Craig the European Legia guys. Warsaw uh, if Legia Warsaw come to Ibrox and put Rangers out of Europe, then it creates a mood. If Celtic go to Stockholm and collapse and go out, that creates a mood as well. So you have to factor in the European ties. But as things stand right now, if Celtic and Rangers win tomorrow and both go into the Europa League, I would say that Rangers with home advantage would be favourites on the day. I think I think we, we everyone's going to head ourselves. That you make a good point there, Hugh. In terms of you have to negotiate tomorrow first, yeah. then you have to look forward to Thursday. Everybody's looking a week down the line. Who's favourite? Who's not? I think the factors will be whoever negotiates these two ties prior to that guarantee next week's uh, game. As Hugh says, there if the both of them win tomorrow and on Thursday, the both of them go in there flying with confidence. Mm. Uh, and I would say that Rangers probably just edge it due to the fact that they managed to win twice there. Last year But you can't rule out Celtic Because of the personnel they've got Craig specifically on the game tomorrow then how, how do you see that going Who you know, who should play Who shouldn't play What will the balance look like Between freshening things up uh, But also not being too disruptive Well I think Listen I think You know Rangers have got enough Depth in that squad To, to field You know they could make You know a, a number of changes They could make 7-8 changes again And they would still have enough there to go and beat a team like Samaritan, I'm not saying that they should do that, but um, and I think that's the thing, you know. I think Rangers have got the easier tie tomorrow because you don't know what Hartside will turn up. If a Hartside playing at their best turns up, that's a very tough game for Celtic, even at Celtic Park. If the Hearts we've seen over the last few weeks turns up, then Celtic will steamroll them without any problems at all. For Rangers, I think Samaritan, like I say, they could make a few changes. I'd like to see. Um, you know, I think I'd like to see the likes of Jordan Jones get a start. I'd like Kamara to come in and get a start. I would personally, I'd be benching, um, I think, a Rebo and players like that because I think they're going to be important to keep as fit as possible for the European games. Um, I would start Defoe up front as opposed to Morelos, I think, tomorrow because, again, he's got to be starting in Europe. He has to be because although Defoe has been fantastic, I think, I don't think anybody would disagree that Morelos is probably still the number one striker at Rangers at this point in time anyway um, and I would even give Wes Fotheringham a run out in goals because he's a very comfortable and assured keeper 
I don't see any reason to waste Alan McGregor's energy. He is 37, so I don't see why you wouldn't rest him. Okay, Craig, I'm just going to have to leave it there. Running late for the break, but thanks as always for the call. I'm sure we'll catch up soon. We're going to start hearing from Premiership managers, and they're coming next. Clyde One Super Scoreboard with Thompson's Personal Injury Solicitors, the league leader for compensation. Talk to Thompson's.com. Hugh Keevans, Mark Wilson and Alex Ray are here taking your calls and we're also on Twitter at Clyde SSB as well. If you want to get in touch on the phones, 01419511025. Twitter is at Clyde SSB. And we're going to start hearing from today's managers very soon as well as looking at tomorrow's managers as well because there's some big games coming up. Let's speak to Craig, who's a Motherwell fan in Carluke. Happy with today's result, I take it, Craig? After the back on the back of that terrible Hearts game last Friday, and a decent performance against Celtic first half, and then obviously their class kicked in and ran away from us. But all very happy with that performance today. Who was the standout for you? Mark Guidi had his super scoreboard man of the match as Chris Long. He obviously got one of the goals. Who, who stood out for you? I thought Big Scott playing in the left was absolutely phenomenal. No, where does Scott play? I saw him last year with the reserves, and when he was on the left hand side. Tracking player No he looks the big target man But I think maybe the left hand side Where he's more suited That's certainly the best shift I've seen him putting in today And really worried the Aki's right back Yeah this is James Scott Who's in the Scotland under 21 squad Alex And yep. with the way the game's played now We mentioned it earlier on This idea of having two strikers And, and that's all they do that, that that can't be an option If, if you want to Succeed You're probably going to have to add A little bit of versatility yeah, And for absolutely. him to then be able to come off And play off a side is I guess that will be encouraging for fans like Craig and for Stephen Robinson. Yeah, absolutely. You've got Seed off as well. So you've got that kind of mixture of things. And uh, we were just talking off earlier, Craig, just during that last break and seeing who can actually break into the top uh, six. You know, you look at Hibs, uh, you look at Kamarnock, you, you look at Hearts all stuttering and you think maybe Motherwell might do something because the, the places are most certainly up for grabs. Yeah, that'd be encouraging for your team today. It was important to kickstart the season, Craig, because it was a lot of... Um Excitement before the campaign started And then just a couple of performances in the last few weeks um, No points Obviously from Celtic It was one point at Livingston Put out the cup Was it important to, to get those three points on the board early on? Oh absolutely As I say, I mean, We were very flattered to deceive a wee bit Because our group stage in the cup Wasn't particularly great quality So when you're in the championship First, second division teams With the squad mother will have got You would expect them to go through Obviously not conceding any goals In the group phase Was really good But yeah I've been at The, I was at the Livy game Shocking pitch Very just anti-football Celtic I was actually in Turkey Watched it in a bar A bar called the Parkhead There was the only Motherwell fan there That must have been good <laughs> But again no, I thought they committed The traps really well But Celtic's quality showed But last Friday Against Hearts That was absolutely abysmal I didn't think Hearts Were particularly great That night that was the poorest motherable performance I'd seen in many a year. One thing I would like to say today, though, is Aki's were poor. And I know to a lot of motherable fans, no, we don't want Aki's getting them relegated. I like the Lanarkshire Derby. I live for the Lanarkshire Derby. Couldn't wait for this team to come round. But on that performance today, I've got serious concerns for Aki's. Do you manage to stay in the Celtic bar in Turkey even when the fifth goal goes in, Craig, or do you head up the road by that point back to the apartment, back to the pool? I sat in my, I sat in my hands. I didn't want to leave too early <laughs> so that they, in case they knew. How did I uh, there be no colours on sat in my hands. <laughs> How did Peter Hartley do, Craig? Because he's the club captain, but he doesn't. he's not guaranteed a starting position. So it's, it's, it's quite a strange situation, but he comes back in today, uh, wears the armband, plays the game, scores a goal as well. 
Yeah, so Big Peter did well. Uh, maybe got a wee bit of a hard time from there, big number 99. When he came on, Gallagher seemed to have a bit more control over him. Again, no, Robinson said after last Friday's night, he didn't have enough men in the team. No, Yardley's all man in a yard wide. Uh, that's what we need. Dunn played great at left back. I think our problem is we've got a lot of quality defenders. We've got Tate, who was obviously missing today, not sure why. We've got Hartley. Gallagher, Dunn, Grimshaw, and obviously only four of them are going to play. So, and the boy Carroll. So you've got six very good quality defenders vying for four places, and obviously six into four doesn't always go. Talk to us about Liam Donnelly, Craig. He's a centre half last season. He doesn't really play physically. He wasn't up to it, says Stephen Robinson. Uh, he then comes in as a midfielder this season and can't stop scoring. I think it's his, it's his seventh, seventh goal of the season. Yeah. Uh, what a turnaround from him. Absolutely, I was very scathing of Donnelly last season The few games that he did play I saw him play for the reserves a few times And he looked okay, but he just looked okay uh, I know Robinson said he's Northern Ireland's most capped under 21 But no, he's still playing for the under 21s at 23 years old But I totally agree, that move into midfield has been an absolute revelation He's taken that physical side that Carol McHugh, Alex Rod- uh, rodriguez Gordon had And I think he's doing it better than the two guys The Ackies will possibly be fine, Hugh They probably will be fine because... Well that's what they do they're the, uh-huh. they're the great survivors But nevertheless You don't like to see your rivals come uh, To your home patch and, and beat you quite comfortably Well Alex spoke about The top six And who might fit the bill there When teams have had a Ropey start to the season It might be the same down the bottom as well You know the Ackies might have plenty of company For the annual fight against the drop For me this season Is Aki season I think I've tipped them to be in the bottom too um, oh, I've, been, all right now, I know, Alex, I've been wrong in the past But I've just got a feeling That although they're great battlers I think this may be the season that they struggle But listen I think it's, it's too early to really be basing it on On these games, games But that's fine You know you, ha- you have to make the predictions it Just They are just a mixed bag Alex always have Absolutely. been Since they've, they've been up I think when you look at their home form uh, Last year Gordon That may well be the saving grace A lot of teams don't like going there They managed to get uh, you know, the important wins when it matters. You know, they go three and four games without doing anything substantial. Next minute, they end up nicking a win from somewhere, and it just manages to keep them up. But when you listen to uh, Craig on the line there, he was obviously kind of hoping that they actually do, due to the fact he's got a derby game to contend with, but he doesn't hold any uh, hope that they're going to do that. But I, I was encouraging because I think it was very good, Craig, and what he was saying there about his own team. He was very kind of complimentary of the boy Donnelly in the middle of the park as well. So, you know, they can maybe kick on. Uh, listen, no game's ever easy. Uh, I think you have to give a lot of respect to every single team you play. I, I think what we did do is, is dominate the whole game. Um, I actually thought when it went to 10 men, we took our foot off the gas slightly. Got a wee bit casual about passing, but you know our decision-making was very, very good today. Uh, you know, Even at 3-1, we managed the game. We're a young side. They don't understand. Sometimes you just have to manage the game, slow it down, or speed it up, whatever it may be. And That's a pleasing aspect for me. So you know, I thought we, we totally dominated. It should have been more goals um, if we had been a little bit more ruthless, but thoroughly deserved. New drop ball rule seems to be confusing people. At one point, the referee seemed to be putting his hand on one of your players' chest. Do you, you see that? I, I feel sorry for the referees. Almost that day, I feel sorry for them. The people that make these rules. I mean, the the drop balls, the handball. The, the handball. I mean, how many penalties are there going to be this season? The one against Hearts was a penalty in the 
than the laws of the game now but how many is it going to be it's just making life even harder for, mm. for referees if I'm honest so you know the, the bounce ball is one as well I'm, I'm baffled but listen if I'm baffled then they're, they're finding it hard as well so I feel for them I really do I feel for them I don't know why we have to continue to mess with the game Was Richard T out with second? Yes Richard and, and Jake Carroll both ill um, they both were desperate to play, but when you have an illness and you're thrown up and you've got high temperature on a Thursday evening, it's very difficult to produce your best on a Saturday. So I made that call for them. Both desperate to play, but um, it gives me a, a hard decision for next week. Happy Stephen Robinson, as you can imagine, after the 3 1 derby victory against Hamilton. Let's speak to Jim. Thank you to Craig, by the way, Craig and Kerluk. Jim's in Kilmarnock. Hi, Jim. Hi. Uh, my point is the game was good today, apart from a no scoring uh, draw. But the referee had a shocker. Uh, the young boy, El Mutrani, first tackle, he got booked. But Aberdeen players were uh, sliding and tackling left, right, and centre and never got booked. One of them elbowed, I think it was Alan Power, and he should have been sent off. Yeah, I mean, we'll need to get uh, Mark Guidi, who was it? No, it was um, Fraser. Fraser Wishart back up here. He was, he was the one who watched it. We were. Uh, sort of stuck but in here. But he was thing, very, yeah, it's the opposite it, thing. Uh, you're yeah, making a different report to that one. One thing Fraser did not mention, I can recall no mention of the referee at any stage. Uh, and Fraser's. Remind us who it was, Jim. Can you remember? Uh, it was uh, Alan Muir. Alan Muir today, was it? Yeah. Were, well, they, were the uh, Kelly fans all around you? Were they getting frustrated? They were getting very frustrated. Uh, Kelly had a free kick. Mr. Muir turned his back. To go across the field, Kilmarnock kicked the ball and with the Aberdeen players palmed it down. It didn't even get any help for uh, Greg Ake and the uh, official. Okay. Well, you've just heard Stephen Robinson there say that he feels sorry for referees. Especially with regards to this handball. Yeah, and that uh, you know, the, the game is becoming overcomplicated. Uh, but I return to the point, Fraser Wishart, former professional player himself, Made no mention of the referee at all At any stage Yeah, I think the bigger issue, Sorry Gordon I think the bigger issue When you listen to Fraser's Half time analysis And full time analysis You know Jim's saying It was a, a decent game Jim Our guy at the stadium Was saying it was as poor a game As he's seen for a long time well, I think Jim yeah, Jim are you just happy with the point? Yeah I was uh, about uh, Two seats away from Fraser Yeah <laughs> was, was he still awake? <laughs> was he watching the game? Make sure he was watching it Jim Yeah I think he was watching the game But I'm sure the referee had a shocker. Even mm. if I look at the paper on Monday to see what his rating was. But I, a few of the uh, Kilmarnock supporters were not happy with the tackles that were flying in for the, from the Aberdeen players. Because I think they only got one mm. booking. Young Makarani, uh, first tackle, he got booked. Mm. Uh, then when I think it was Power, they got elbowed. Uh, what's his name? Chris Burke. Was complaining about it And he ended up getting booked for it Okay We'll leave it there Jim Thank you very much We're going to hear from your manager now So I'm not uh, I'm not Getting rid of you for any old reason Because he was also asked about Greg Taylor He was absent today uh, Cynical people in the studio saying ah, I'm not sure if he's injured Celtic are interested That's probably what it is Well let's hear from Angelo Alessio Here's what he Had to say no, I am happy Because uh, <laughs> Finally One point But Of course We keep going and uh, continue to work hard in the training session and I want to improve, I want to improve this situation under goal. Why did Craig Taylor not play? Well, yesterday, uh, yesterday, uh, after warm-up, he had a problem. Armstrong, and uh, for this reason, 
he didn't play today. Has there been an offer for him? Uh, at the moment, uh, are only rumors, you know, rumors. But no, I, thi I think I think uh, the club uh, didn't receive any offer, you know, but uh, from from Celtic. Where would you hope, Angela, if one does come, if an offer does come, that, that you would still be able to keep ah, it? As I was uh, uh, saying a lot of the time, I spoke with the club and uh, the owner, uh, we want to keep our best player, you know. Uh, we, we, we want to add new players, I think, and not to sell, you know. So they're sticking by it. Yes. It was an injury to Greg Taylor. You can all calm down. Except from you, Mark Wilson. You're mm. convinced. Listen, well, what a coincidence, eh? Your left back gets injured who never misses any games and just by luck, the week you bring in a left back. He's oh. so young, so cynical. So cynical. There I expect that from you, but not yeah. Mark Wilson. Come on. Incredible. See, the thing is, as, as a manager, though, Mark, you listen to me, he doesn't want to lose any of his key players. And I understand that. But the, the, the dynamics are that if you end up getting an offer, which you have to say, right, okay, okay, because yeah. that gives you scope to mm. then do other things. Right, well, let's squeeze in one more call before the break. Jeffrey's a Rangers fan. Hi, Jeffrey. Hi, how are you? Good, thanks. Um, I want to talk about the UEFA decision. I'm not surprised. It's taken them long enough to do something about it. Um, how can we sort this out as a as a support uh, supporters that support a team like Rangers and maybe Celtic as well? Because in the past they've been fined. Um, it's just going to be a wake up call to both clubs that they can't get away with, i.e. the banners, the singing, everything. Um, how can we? Eradicate it Don't you think the SFA And maybe the the football league Should be Getting the two clubs Or all the clubs together And maybe have a, a meeting And discuss what, what can oh. be done Because um, I think it's going to get worse Before it gets better And the clubs finances Just now really tight I think it's going to hit I, I, think, clubs. I think from memory Celtic's brushes with UEFA Who have been mostly about Banner singings Is slightly different Because it's a sort of you're, you're trying to control A lot of people I don't know if, if Self-policing is, is another one That keeps getting mentioned You get these buzzwords You get uh, Strict liability You get self-policing Can can we do one Can we do the other Can we do a combination of both Because Rangers Dave King and Stephen Gerrard The, the two most yeah. prominent figures At the club Both blatantly clear, you know, They're crystal clear And acknowledging The need to do something Yeah Jeffrey's asking What can be done Well His fellow supporters have to change their whole approach. Yeah, to I life. mean, how do you do that though? Because I, know, I fully understand that, uh, you know. But I feel embarrassed for Rangers, for this city, that a man such as Stephen Gerrard, with a stellar football career that he had, has to periodically address the question of sectarian saying. I feel we should be embarrassed by that as a country. Uh, and I go back to some of the things that Stephen Gerrard said And I wrote them all down this morning And he said that, you know, they have to remember that the supporters who do this They're gaining absolutely nothing from this type of behaviour Far from gaining anything They're actually getting themselves into bother Their fellow supporters into bother Seats going a-begging because of the singing And they have to understand mm. There is coming along an even greater day of judgment because one day the SPFL will be forced into doing something and the SFA. And if we continue to behave in this vein, 
We'll end up with the ultimate draconian punishment. I mean, we'll end up with points being taken away from teams. The the official wording of the charge is racist behaviour from from UEFA Hugh. Uh-huh. And you talk about the way it reflects on our game. Stephen Gerrard, I mean, look at what he's done and achieved in the game, admitting yeah. this morning that he knew he knew this stuff went on up here. He just didn't realise it was quite as bad. Yeah. Stephen McGinn, the St Mirren captain, was in last night, told us a story off air where he said that some of his St Mirren teammates the you know new new guys new signings were they, they just sort of baffled like yeah. what is this what, what is this problem you guys have like you know we've never heard of this what yeah. why is and that, that does that just doesn't reflect well at all does it no of course not i mean believe me uh we all know there are other parts of the world where it's even worse than this we had Emilio Izaguirre involved in something in Honduras last weekend in which three people died so clearly uh, we may have our concerns There are people who are even worse than us I'm only concerning myself with the country I live in And well, I feel it's important to us isn't it? Yeah And I feel embarrassed For On behalf of Stephen Gerrard And I feel embarrassed on behalf of this country That in the 21st century We are still talking about this particular offence Okay thank you Geoffrey It's 01419511025 We're going to hear from more of this weekend's Premiership managers coming next Clyde One Super Scoreboard with Thompson's Personal Injury Solicitors. Getting you full compensation is their goal. Talk to Thompson's.com. Alex Ray, Mark Wilson, and Hugh Keevens are here. We enter the final part of tonight's Clyde One Super Scoreboard, but still time for you to get in touch on 0141951125 or Twitter at Clyde SSB. Let's hear from some more managers then. We're going to preview tomorrow's games as well. Brian Rice, not happy at all. Hamilton Aki's boss. They went down to 10 men very early A handball that gave Motherwell a 2 goal lead And uh, Brian Rice not impressed Man sent off and the double whammy It's a penalty kick as well you know? But I'm not here to make excuses And I'm not here to blame referees Or talk about decisions Referee calls it as he sees it And we just go on there and It's more to do with the new rule than anything I think was a no Don't know, don't understand it It seems to change all the time I've seen a penalty kick given at Motherwell last week Against Hearts mm-hmm. Seen this very same incident in the edge of the box today, and nothing happened. So, grey areas. I think we're all in the same boat, but not just myself, mm-hmm. Stevie as well. I think we're all in the same boat. There's no clarity, you know. We don't know what's going to be a free kick, what's not going to be a free kick, and that's not any excuses. Mm-hmm. I'm not using any excuses. 11 v 10, Motherwell with a better team, Motherwell won the match. Do you but think the rules are. <laughs> oh, I don't know the rules. Do you think the referees are confused by the rules as well, Brian? I think the referees are confused with the rules as well, yeah, I really do. I'm speaking to the linesman, I'm speaking to the fourth official, because I'm, I'm, I'm not actually telling them anything, I'm asking them the rules, and they're actually saying the same to me. Well, I, I, this could be and that could be, you know, so to me, we're, to me we're mucking up football. To me we're taking away the game for the people, we're taking away the game for everybody. It's now becoming farcical at times. I feel as though, what was wrong with football? What was wrong when we went home after the game and thought, spoke about our oh, referee made the decision or this happened or that? Now we're talking, nobody knows the rules. We'll never get far. <laughs> I'm not sure I like the way this conversation is playing out at the moment with handball, Hugh. The, the rules aren't that confusing What's going to happen Is that you, everyone interprets them differently And uh-huh. therefore we will never get consensus on a decision That was the same with the old handball rule It was the same with this handball rule Not everyone's going to see it the same But the overall general idea of the rule What's confusing about it? There is nothing confusing <laughs> If you make yourself bigger And your arms are out at the side It's now a penalty now, Exactly And that doesn't mean to say there 
that refs won't get that wrong because that's what happens. It's interpretation yes. and it's quick. But this idea that no one knows the rule, I, I don't get that. If I remember Mark Guidi's uh, assessment of what went on at the penalty, Jamie Hamilton is on the goal line and prevents the ball from crossing the line with his hand. Old rules, new rules, that's a penalty. Deliberate handball hand is a, and a red, red card. And a red card. So, um, but I did like some of the other stuff that uh, Brian Rice had to say there. This is a 56 year old man who's an outstanding player and has worked at the highest levels of the game on the coaching side. And if he says we are mucking the game up for the people, I think he and managers like him should be listened to. I mean, this is an this is an IFAB rule. This is this is sort of world, board, worldwide yeah. stuff. I mean, because Stephen Robinson and Brian Rice don't like it, I don't know how much impact can that have. Maybe I mean we can interpret it differently. We've seen that. We've seen you know we individual seen a few weeks ago associations do interpret it differently. We felt as if it was uh, you know that was a stone wall. We seen uh, the Celtic one yeah. last week. We felt it was a stone wall as well. Okay, let's speak to Kenny, who's a Hearts fan. Can you get something at Celtic Park, Kenny? Uh, I've, I've got to be confident if we can, mate. Aye. Uh, see, see, just to quickly throw one in with the VAR, I listened to a game uh, doing South uh, through the week there, and the guy, the, the, when they went back to the VAR and asked about the question, the guy says uh, he was not offside because you can't score with your hand, but he was offside because you mm. can score with your shoulder. And I thought, come on, as, as Mr. Rice has said, this is getting ludicrous. And, and yeah, but really to be fair, Kenny, you know, we we don't have that. We don't need that is pernickety. I get that, but we don't need to worry about that. At the moment So let's let's stick to the, the football this weekend uh, Well I was at Fur Park last week With the kids And I thought Hearts played very well I heard the boy phoning in earlier Saying the mother were poor But I thought it was doing the Hearts playing well Michael Smith played great Unfortunate for Walker But I think I think we're, As Hugh and Alec have already said earlier In the show That, that the Hearts are probably going to hide it and, and probably every Jambo's thinking that as well But when, you, when I seen them last week If they play with the same spirit and fight I think uh, I think we're in for a good wee game And the last game they played Was only a, a, a lucky 2-1 win for Celtic in the final To be fair I never said that Hearts were onto a hiding I said that it's a vitally important game for Celtic In the context of The league match which follows Which is at Ibrox uh, And Celtic cannot afford to lose ground uh, By dropping any points to Hearts uh, I don't assume it's a foregone conclusion I think Celtic who were clearly very poor last Saturday uh, Started to play much better against the IK Stockholm And will go in to the match in a decent frame of mind James Forrest, five goals in five games So on and so forth yeah. Ryan Christie, Mikey Johnson Everything that, that uh, we know about Celtic to be positive So I think it will be a good game I don't think that uh, Celtic will win the canter uh, Mark, the games at Celtic Park Tend to be more on the comfortable side For Celtic b- Between the teams The meetings with Hearts uh, Some problems in, in recent times At Tynecastle But tend to get the business done At Celtic Park When Hearts yeah. come calling Yeah Listen I touched on it earlier on the show I think A part of that is down to Craig Levine's tactics The way he's set up I think actually last year If I'm right Craig Levine came out After the game and says I got my tactics all wrong Was that, was that the 5-0 game yeah, in November? He says he was looking to hang on I think Celtic were ahead Pretty quickly in that game And he held his hands up Took all responsi- uh, responsibility Off his players So Maybe he has to change something Kenny I was at the game last week Hearts Motherwell 
I think if Hearts play the same way They will get a hiding I thought Hearts were poor I last think Hearts will struggle tomorrow they, as well They were improved to be fair you, We were at the game together And I've noticed my, this You're quite uh, harsh my, on Hearts My, my problem was I don't think Hearts Or Motherwell And I know the weather Might have played a part Could string five passes together yeah. It was consistently Giving the ball away And that's why I say If they play the same way At Celtic Park mm. And you just keep giving Celtic the ball You will get a hiding Okay Kenny In Airdrie, thank you very much for the call. 01419511025. Let's hear from Paul Heckingbottom. Now, hmm. he's not too happy with the Hibs fans. Oh. Um, he's, he's a bit agitated after the game at full That'll time. Go well. Usually makes for good listening. Let's hear from Paul Heckingbottom. Disappointing. Certainly, we were, we were trying to get the boys to relax and that, but the stadium, the whole stadium was anxious and it, and it spread to the players. And then when we did pass it, we looked hard. The goal actually comes, it's as if when they scored the goal, the first goal, Pressure releases a little bit. We make a few passes, score a goal straight away, and then it was back to the pattern. So we've got to learn to and keep working on dealing with that. But the, there's a real there's a real anxiousness that spread from the stands and to the players. Definitely, does anxiety surprise you among the fans? Because you made the substitution, you were winning the game at that stage, and there seemed to be negativity coming from the stands. Yeah, negative anxiety. Yeah, definitely. We've drawn it home. We'll draw many more at home between now and the end of the season, without a doubt. So yeah, it, it doesn't help the players hundred percent. You understand that anxiety when you talk about that from the fans, or do the fans need to kind of draw back a bit from that and, and try and encourage no, more? Not, yeah, encourage more, hundred percent. Not draw back. You want you want to feel like you want to feel the stadium. Well, I did when I played. I, that's what I like now. But certainly, you got you, you probably see it from the stands. There's certain to be we're trying to relax, calm, pass, and there's a uh, yeah nervousness and anxiety. Yeah, and it, and it spreads. So I think we've got a. If the fans can appeal to them, calm and down. Or even when something good does happen, get behind them. Get behind them. That's what they want to see. You know, because there'll come a point where we're defending the box and not getting out. And sometimes it's the blocks, it's the tackles, you know, which are, which are just as important. It was quite and a negative reaction. You, Paul, because of the Scott Allen substitution? Yeah, I didn't know there's a law up here, you can't take him off, can you? <laughs> But I mean that seemed to be what that kind of Yeah, but listen, they're gonna have to no, no player's gonna play ninety minutes every game. He's got all week, I know what he's been like, he's not been at his best in training, he's played hundred and twenty minutes, carrying a knock. Um didn't bring him off because he was injured, you know. But it, but he was suffering, you know, he's that'll happen. Don't mock the fans, it's not a good look. Uh you know, there's clearly a combative edge between Paul Hickenbottom and the Hib supporters. Uh, when you say I didn't know there was a law against it, you know it doesn't wash well. Does no, it? no, it doesn't go down well with supporters. Mm. And I am a firm believer that so long as they mind their manners and they stay within the, the confines of the law, the people who pay to get in are entitled to voice their th- displeasure if they anxious, don't like something. I think they're anxious due to the fact that out of the seven or eight games that St Johnston have played, they've only won one, and that was against Breakin, so they're expecting a win at home. I said Paul Heckingbottom wasn't happy with the Hibs fans. I got a, an anonymous text oh. from a, a, a relatively well-known Hibs fan in, in, uh-huh. in footballing circles who says, I'm not happy with him. <laughs> so we'll, uh, we'll maybe revisit that one on Monday night Because time's pretty much up Hugh Keevans It's been an action packed day And tomorrow won't disappoint either Europa League Thursdays Europa League Sundays We are back for a six hour special yes. no less yes. uh, From midday until six o'clock With the two big games Sum up today Look ahead to tomorrow for us Great day for Motherwell Great day for Livy uh, Poor day I think for Aberdeen Another goal this afternoon for them uh, But Livy, I think the result of the day Going to Dingwall A team that could have gone to the top of the league And have beaten them 4-1 It's all about tomorrow now It's all about St Mirren How they can handle Rangers 
Likewise Hearts At Celtic Park Thank you Hugh Keevans Mark Wilson and Alex Ray And the top team All around the grounds Thanks for listening And we can do it again Tomorrow from midday So make sure you join us GBX up next Super Scoreboard with Thompson's Personal Injury Solicitors, the form team for compensation for more than 40 years. Talk to Thompson's.com.